We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Our first guest tonight is Jillian Locke. We can call her Jill. And I'm excited to have her join us. Who is she? Well, Gustavus Adolphus College, professor of political science and gender, women, and sexuality studies. Jill is available uh, to talk about Roe versus Wade, her commentary on the role of shame and how it's weaponized or ignored in politics has been featured in the Washington Post. When she first moved to Minnesota two decades ago, she volunteered as an escort for patients at Planned Parenthood in St. Paul. Considering this background, she really brings a unique balance of academic political expertise and lived experience to her analysis, and she is joining us now. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Ms. Steele, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, I hope. My goodness. First of all, just mentioning Planned Parenthood, reading that, um, I have wept because of what is going on right now. I don't understand why so many, especially men, want to be in our bodies. They want to control who we are and what we are. And that's a real problem for me. For me. Let me start with that alone. Um, when it all happened, you know, Roe versus Wade, Women got together and we were fighting and we, we wanted this, this, this madness to stop of controlling us. How desperately should we work um, with our hands, our mind, our money, all of it? How much should we work to make sure this does not happen? That they don't, although they say that it's already done, I don't believe that. I think it can be changed. Tell me how you feel about it. You know, I I think we have to work extremely hard to protect the the right um, to choose an abortion, and I think that I, I don't know if I'm quite as optimistic as you. To be honest, this uh, looking down the pike, if this uh, decision does come out aligned with what we see in that draft, I'm I'm quite fearful for what that means for our. Re- for the right to abortion and our broader uh, privacy rights um, regarding everything from how we uh, kind of contraception that we choose to who we can, who we can marry. So I, I am, I am really um, deeply, deeply worried and even more, more as each day passed, I think since the, since the initial leak. 
You know, I have a daughter and I have granddaughters, and I look at them in their eyes and I go, what will their world be like? It seems like this hunting um, that they are trying to begin and continue Mm -hmm. um, is just shocking. It's absolutely shocking. I keep saying to myself, Gerilyn, you should be standing on the top of a building and screaming, holding not just a, a board that says we have to stop this, but finding another way to get back at them on this. I mean, I'm, I'm angry now about it all. Are you? I'm furious. I'm furious. And I, I share that, that view that you don't, you're, there's almost a paralysis. Where do you begin? Um, and for me, one of the things that, that I was doing was, you know, preparing, kind of going over my notes and really thinking about this. That's how I spent most of my mother's day was actually reading and thinking about abortion rights and, and preparing to talk to you and your listeners. Um, no, I'm, I'm furious. And I'm, and I think I have the same sense of dread probably that a lot of us who've been watching this for a long time have in that they told us what they were going to do and they're doing it. So um, as the saying goes, when people tell you, you know, show you who they are, believe them. And I, I've been fearing this my entire adult life and I don't mean to catastrophize. I'm not usually, I'm usually a kind of find my way through. Um, but I think it, the time to, to speak about it in kind of timid terms is probably past. So tell me what you're hearing. You know, I have a, a, a long-standing relationship with Gustavus. I just love them. And um, knowing that you are teaching at that school um, a course called Sex, Power, and Politics at Gustavus, and that's since 2004, I believe. What are you hearing from the female students at Gustavus? Well, you know, the funny thing is I'm, I'm actually on sabbatical this year. Oh, you are. I'm- I am. So I am not in front of the classroom right at this minute, but I am getting email after email from former students writing to me to say, I, let's talk. Can we please chat? How do we make sense of this? Um, because one of the things that, that we, abortion is really a central issue in that sex power and politics class. And, and we talk about sort of reproductive justice and reproductive freedom more broadly. But I make a really intentional point of, of saying the A word, of, of talking about abortion access um, in the context of the, the fight for women's rights and the fight for civil rights. Because I think too often we, we speak in euphemism and we don't really name name this right. And, and now all of a sudden, um, or maybe not all of a sudden, but now we're really we're really wondering uh, what will become of that. Mm-hmm. So what we, some of the things that yeah. No, go ahead. No, but I'm guessing what I'm guessing because there have of course been previous gestures toward restrictions in the 20 years I've been teaching at Gustavus, um, and I think there is an immediate sense of fear um, about what this means uh, for young people's safety. And, and their ability to plan their future, their ability to access safe, legal, and affordable contraception and abortion care. Um, so I think that, and there is, there's an active group of students at Gustavus, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you have a, a relationship to the college, uh, of students who, who do work um, to organize around issues of reproductive rights there and um, and I, I know those conversations that they're having are, are probably pretty, are probably uh, pretty so, sober and somber right now. 
I think for me, the challenge is that, you know, I have women and girls in my life that are really important to me. And my Mm -hmm. fear is that how we have fought in the past is not going to work today. We are a totally different country. We have learned all of the holes that are in our constitution. We have found out things that we did not clearly understand when Trump got in office. And so now, you know, we can walk. Remember the million woman uh, walk? walk? Yeah, you know, that that whole movement was great, but then it disappeared so quickly because we, our our attention is captured. It's like it's it's stolen by the television or by films, you name it. You know, we, we only listen and watch for a while and then we let it go and move on to something else. So how do we talk to the girls today? If you were to stand in front of a class right now, Knowing what is happening with Roe and Roe versus Wade, knowing that they are coming for our girls, they are coming for our our sisters. Knowing this, mm-hmm. how in the world would you inv- advise them to fight? Because the fight before was totally different. Right, I I think you're right. The fight is different because the the war against Roe has been you know fifty years in the make, forty nine, fifty years in. The making and it has been a multi-front war. It has been waged at the state level, at the town level, at the medical level. Um, it's been obviously waged in the courts, and it has been waged through this sort of tacking back and forth between a kind of full front assault on Roe and the constitutional right to abortion. And then also these sort of minor battles when, when, when the mo- when the anti-abortion um, movement realized Roe was probably going to be settled law for a while when it was upheld with restrictions in 89 and 92, they said, that's fine. You know, that's fine. We'll let will be the law of the land. And I remember watching some interviews in the early 90s um, with some of the anti-abortion activists saying, it's actually in our interest to leave Roe as settled law, because then people will think abortion rights are safe, but the court has opened the door for these restrictions in these 89 and 92 cases. And so now what we're going to do is we're just going to eviscerate access at the state level with waiting periods, with parental notifications, um, with having to watch videos, having to give um, specious false information, and then, you know, making it an elective difficult to access for um, for medical students who, are, who would want to learn about, um, how, learn the procedure. And then let's not forget the violence. Right. I mean, we've watched the, the Dr. Slepian, Dr. Tiller get murdered, uh, the, the access, at, um, you know, the bombings of the, the, of the clinics. And, and I certainly saw when I was escorting the harassment on the front line. So what they've and then this plan to stack the courts. So in some sense, it's a bad news. And, and, we're del- and Trump delivered his three anti-Roe justices and, and they're doing exactly what they were put there to do. So, the, I mean, that's the bad news that it has been this multifaceted war on reproductive rights. I suppose the good, the good news is the sort of bloom where you're planted. One of the things that's disturbed me is that, is that clergy played, Protestant clergy played a really powerful role in the fight for abortion rights, safe, 
legal and accessible abortion rights because they saw the people dying um, of botched abortions. They saw people yeah. drowning in in parenting more children than than they were capable of parenting. And so that was seen actually as a religious um, freedom issue. Right now we're hearing a number of um, pro-choice Jewish activists talking about how, you know, uh, the Jewish right to an abortion is sacred. Those those kinds of uh, reproductive rights have religious freedom standing. The Protestant clergy are really still very quiet on this. So if you're involved in a religious community, I think that's a place that you can get involved. Another thing, doctors have also really, there's been a real dereliction of duty, I think, there. Um, other than those doctors that are on the front lines performing abortions, most doctors are pro-choice, but they've kind of chosen not to dirty their hands with this. And so it, it has become a kind of isolated and stigmatized and obviously highly dangerous aspect. But if it could be embedded aspect of medical care, but if it's embedded in a broader breadth of hospitals, doctors, cl- clinics across the lines, right, from cancer care to um, pediatrics, all standing shoulder to shoulder, to prevent, to, to protect abortion rights, I think that is something can, that to do. I think the Democratic Party needs to say the word abortion more. I think there's been this, you know, this, this real refusal to say people are pro-abortion when, you know, abortion saves lives, so it's okay to be pro-abortion. So the right has sort of put abortion politics into everything. I suppose the best thing we can do with that is realize it's everywhere, and so wherever we're planted we are actually positioned to push back and the majority of Americans support abortions. Um, they, they support abortion access. One out of four, one out of five, they're varying estimates of women have an abortion in their life. All of us know people who have had abortions and, and whose lives have been improved by that access. And it, it's not enough to have something horrible happen and then expect the people who've had abortions to tell as, as you see now, their most vulnerable, devastating stories in order to be seen. I think people um, across the board need to use their positions of influence and not leave it to women um, to tell their to tell their their most uh, private stories right now in this time of in this time of crisis. All right. If you're just joining us right now, um, we have with us Jillian Locke of Gustavus Adolphus College. She's a professor of political science and gender, women and sexuality studies. And we are pleased to have her join us. If you don't mind, can you stick with us, Jill? Absolutely. All right. We have her joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. We'll be back in a moment. It is now 7.51 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele, and we are um, talking about something very serious with uh, Professor Jillian Locke, and she's a professor at Gustavus Adolphus College of Political Science and Gender, Women, and Sexuality Studies. Welcome back, Jill. Thank you um, so much. As we wrap up this conversation, I have to ask this question. I don't understand why the fight 
for abortion is as loud and and, uh, successful as it is because the children, they literally, after the woman has the child, they walk away. Those that are against abortion walk away from these children. They may see about them for a few months, but after a very short amount of time, that's it. There's no, they don't make sure there's food. They don't make sure that these families have homes. They don't make sure of anything. They literally want you to have the child and just go out and do whatever you have to do. We have 9,000 children homeless on the streets of Minnesota every night. Yet they are telling us to, oh, don't abort, don't abort. And I don't understand that. How do you look at the children and do nothing or so little that it it can't make a dent, but you want to tell us what to do with our bodies? You want to tell us how to make that happen. It's ridiculous. So where do we go from here? Yeah, I think that, right, the contradictions are just glaring. Um, the, you know, the, former director of Planned Parenthood, Sarah Stacey, used to say, you know, the easiest baby to care for is the one that's growing in somebody else's body, right? And, you know, it, once the kid, once you have a baby out in the world, it, it requires a lot of care. And the same people, as you say, the same people who are the loudest in the anti-abortion chorus are the stingiest and, and cruelest when it comes to caring for born children, for born people, and, and supporting the mothers and parents um, and grandparents and communities who are raising and educating them. I mean, you only have to look at our maternal mortality rate to see that if we really wanted to start with uh, care for children, uh, we, we wouldn't, first of all, separate it from care for care for people carrying those children, right? We would also invest in and double down on support uh, for prenatal and, and, and um, postpartum care uh, for early childhood education. And, and I don't quite understand how, how um, the anti-abortion, this anti-abortion agenda, which is so single issue, is detached completely from all of these other issues of life, right, and livelihood. I mean, we can even be Jeffersonian about it, you know, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How um, how people don't call that bluff a bit harder and 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 really ask those hard questions. They've they've gotten the heart. They've somehow seized a moral high ground. And we've been debating this. Uh, you know, I remember in college in the '80s having this question about how can abortion rights claim the moral high ground when uh, right now, when pro, when anti-abortion so, so compellingly seem to be convinced, convincing everyone that this is the moral position. Well, part of it was when we leaned into the language of choice that doesn't quite have that same moral high ground, but people do prioritize choice in the U S that has a kind of moral standing. So I, I, I don't again have uh have the answer, but I think in those moments, I think we do need to ask those questions. When people are, you know, going on and on about the sanctity of life, I, I think we 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 can rightly demand what is your what is your card look like? Your what is your life scorecard? What are the things that you're really working on? Right. Um, right. 
And how are we putting people in a position to care for the children that they already have or care for the children, um, you know, care f- to be able to, to bring their pregnancies to term and, and to care for those children? Poverty shouldn't, poverty shouldn't be the reason that someone seeks an abortion. Um, but we do have people who don't have access you know, uh, don't have access to basic housing. Um, that's no; those are no conditions to bring someone into to bring another life into this world. And they have the audacity to make sure that nothing will happen to someone who raped the woman, or, or incest where a family member took them over and and had sex with them. There's nothing. If I'm not mistaken, am I right about that? They're doing nothing about that. You cannot have an abortion. Period. Not for in this draft, right? There's no protection for rape or incest, and theoretically, the the mother's health could still, you know, that that could still be a trigger for some protection, but by the or the woman's life, not health, life. Um, but that's also that's insincere, even for people who say that they support it. Um, you know, in the case of a woman's life, that is completely insincere because, first of all, um, it's too late. You know, there are a lot of high profile. By the time you realize that a pregnant person is going to die um, because their preeclampsia, for example, is so great, or they they have cancer and they can't both carry their pregnancy to term and get the chemotherapy and the therapy that they need. There's a million reasons why women's lives are at risk while they're pregnant. So, uh, you know, it's a very, it's a very demanding um, condition, right? It's, it pregnancy is. is da- pregnancy is very dangerous. It is. And by the time that happens where you realize someone's going to die, that's not even going to trigger, um, you know, that's not going to trigger protection. That's for sure. And Jillian, I wish we had more time. We could do an hour of this. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we will be calling on you again for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good evening. You too. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.